Welcome to the Do Life Better podcast, where we believe that you get to create who you have been and who you become, and that it's often the smallest changes and actions that make the biggest difference. I'm your host, Dave Jorner, and each week I will bring you the best guests, tips, and messages to inspire and help you and me do life even better. Thank you for joining me today. Now, let's get started. Hi everyone and thanks for listening again today and by the way, how are you? How are you going? Um, I know you can't really give me a direct answer right now, although feel free to jump on Instagram and Facebook, whatever, and give me an answer that way, but like, really, how are you going today? Uh, do you feel on top of everything or do you feel a little bit behind, a little bit stressed? Like, How are you going today? And when was the last time you asked someone else that question? When was the last time you asked someone, are you okay? Now, last week, I spoke with Anastasia from the RUAK team, and the, at the time we spoke, it was, in fact, the day before a really big event for them. It was the 10th annual RUAK day, and because they were incredibly busy, she was very generous to give us some of her time. For those of you who don't know, RUAK is an Aussie suicide prevention charity that inspires people to meaningfully connect and support those struggling with life. As Anastasia shares during this chat, simply asking someone, are you okay? And then starting the conversation could literally change someone's life. She goes into the steps you can take to show someone that you care, that they are not alone, and that help is available. We also talk about how to notice if someone needs you to reach out to them, and even what to do when you ask someone if they are okay, and you know they're not, but they still don't want to open up. We go through some of the strategies, some of the things you can do to help them open up even in those moments too. Now, this one is a very important episode and provides you with the strategies you need to be there for your loved ones, your friends, and even strangers when they need you the most. So guys, please make sure you do share this with as many people as you can because This message and the four steps that Anastasia will take you through is something that everybody needs to hear. So please do make sure you take a screenshot of this and share it on your Instagram or Facebook or wherever it is. Uh, Let the RUAK team know that you have been listening and that you are sharing it out by tagging them in as well at at R-U-A-K day. That's at then the letter R and the letter U, OK day. So tag them in there. Tag me as well at Dave Join at Do Love Better Podcast. I'd love to be able to connect with you. But make sure you tag R-U-A-K day in there because, again, uh, they'd love to know that you are on their side helping to share their messages also. And due to the nature of this podcast, if you are affected in any way, please call Lifeline's National 24-7 Counseling Service on 13 11 14 that's 13 11 14 and for our listeners outside of australia please contact your local crisis center or your family doctor so now i hope you find a lot of value in this chat with anastasia simon anastasia thank you very much for joining us today Thanks for having me, Dave. Really excited to be on the podcast with you. Yeah, and thank you for your time. I mean, you've been absolutely flat out at the moment. Um, Sydney traffic and everything. You've just you're just saying you've just spent um, the last what month and a bit traveling fourteen thousand kilometers around Australia, twenty five different communities, 
on the Convo Convoy for Are You OK? Uh, how's that been going for you? You must be exhausted. I mean, all this is, am I right, all this is to prepare for the Are You OK Day tomorrow. Is that correct? That's right. So in the lead up to Are You OK Day this year, we, we wanted to hit the road. Um, mm-hmm. We have so many opportunities to get the message out um, online and through traditional media, but we really enjoy having a chance to connect directly with communities mm-hmm. um, and to start these conversations on the ground and to answer people's questions about um, you know, how they can support someone or where they can go if they themselves need a little bit of extra support. So getting into remote and regional communities has been really important for us this year. We've been, um, you know, to areas like the Kimberley, um, through the through the Northern Territory, into um, some of the areas that are affected by the drought at the moment. Um, and we've been having really hard, tough and important conversations there. So it's been an amazing um, experience and, and a great opportunity to, to get out there in, into this country and, and see the message in action. Awesome. I imagine, you, as I said before, you must be exhausted. <laughs> all <laughs> yeah, that traveling, all those conversations, <laughs> it must be. So how did you, what helped you keep going? So being in the space of, of um, well-being and those important conversations and mental health, do you have your own personal practice, your own personal routine to help yeah, you? Yeah, I've actually got quite a few self-care routines in place. Um, so I've been working with RUK for about three years mm-hmm. um, and we're, we're a suicide prevention organisation. So, you know, we do deal with um, some pretty heavy topics and I work in communications, which means that um, I spend um, a lot of time moderating all of our channels and talking to people who might be in crisis or going through a tough time. Um, and when I first started doing that work, I found that it was it was quite emotionally draining and it, it was quite tough um, you know during that day in day out um, and I actually went and chatted to our employee assistance program um, which is staffed by mental health professionals and asked them for advice on how to create those boundaries between myself mm. and my work mm-hmm. um, and they gave me some pretty simple things to do which I still do to this very day um, and they're things like when my work day is done I change out of my clothes and I change into something different and that sends a physical signal to my body that the day is done it's okay to switch off it's time to you know, to, to create some space and distance between yourself. That's what I do um, too. First thing, I have yeah. to get changed. <laughs> even when we're even when we're flying into state, for example, as soon as we get to the airport, we were laughing about this the other day. We're in the airport, and we we had like our plane shirt. So before we checked in, we took a shirt out of our suitcase and had to go get changed so they were out of our uniform shirt. So that, okay, now it's relaxed time. <laughs> so I love that one too about just getting changed first. That's awesome. Uh, so what are some other ones for you? Yeah, I think meditation has been a big one for me over the years. Um, so um, I, I, I have anxiety um, and that can that can peak from time to time, particularly in periods of high stress. So it's mm. really important for me um, that I take some time to decompress each each and every day. Um, look at my look at my um, breathing. Look at do a bit of a body scan, see how I'm feeling, mm-hmm. um, and really check in with myself. And it's a it's a wonderful thing to to make sure that I feel centered at the end of the day. Um, and when I'm on tours like this, I'll try and do it at the beginning of the day as well because it puts me in a good um, headspace and and means that I'm ready to tackle you know, whatever might might come my way that day. So that's a really really important one. And of course, watching my diet <laughs> when you're on the road, there can be a lot of sausage rolls, a lot of <laughs> yes. um, fries, a bit of a yellow diet, as mm-hmm. I was calling it um, when we were up north. Um, so it's it's really important to, to kind of make sure that I'm putting the right nutrients into my body so that, um, you know, I've got the energy um, and I've got the, the positive um, frame of mind to keep doing what, 
you know, what we need to do out there, which is start these conversations. Oh, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? Travel food. Like the other day at the airport, I had to request <laughs> a salad. There's no salad anywhere to be seen in this airport. I had to ask them, can you actually make one for me? Because it was all that yellow brownie food in there, like the sausage rolls and the pies and stuff, which I, I, I that, that used to be my go-to, but now it's just so draining and your mood goes down and everything. So um, yeah, it's nice to see that you really value the importance of a good diet as well in your overall well-being. Um, the, the conversations you must have had over these last you know, 14,000 kilometres must have been incredible. Yeah, they've been pretty amazing. I actually think it's, it's my favourite um, thing about being able to get on the road and out there in the community. So I do a desk job um, most of the time. I, uh, I do marketing and communications for Are You OK? So, you know, I'm writing about conversations, but I don't get... Um, as much of an opportunity day to day to see them in action and to have them myself in the community. So being on the road for six weeks, being able to chat to people who might be going through a tough time themselves um, or people who might be worried about a friend or a family member has been really absolutely amazing. Um, And there's always a few conversations at the end of a trip like this that just sit with you. The ones where you went, you know what, I feel like as a result of that conversation, um, that person's journey has changed. Wow. Um, yeah, they're really, they're really quite special, particularly when you've um, worked with them on that first referral step. So, you know, where can they go for a bit of extra support? Um, and that, that's really wonderful because you get a chance to put into action what, you pre- what you're preaching day in, day out, um, you know, in, in whatever you're writing. So for me, it was like going, yes, I'm actually living and breathing the four steps here. I'm getting a chance to see them. I'm getting a chance to, I guess, feel... Um, some of the reticence that people might have around it, um, address that and come up with, I guess, some new creative ways to um, to encourage more people to have those chats and, and overcome those barriers that we might put in front of ourselves. Nice one. So to actually put the four steps into practice, which I'll ask you about shortly, those four steps, to put them into practice and then to see that, yeah, they actually do work and that they do make a, a nice difference. So to be part of that must have been quite empowering for you. What first got you involved in Are You Okay? It was actually um, a little bit of a chance encounter. I um, I was in my mid twenties and I was going in. I was going through kind of a, a a little bit of a malaise in my in my professional life. I was working in um in the political sphere at the time, and as we know from kind of the the last couple of weeks, that can be um a little bit of a tough and trying environment. And mm-hmm. I really wanted to um you know to do something full time that that gave back to the community that that really. Um, connected with something that I believed in. And I was having a chat with my sister and she pointed out this job opportunity with Are You Okay? And I just had one of those moments where I was like, that sounds perfect. Um, I, on a couple of different levels. So, Mm -hmm. you know, on the personal level, I've had my own journey with mental health as a teenager. um, And it was through a conversation with um, my sister and and my best friend that I was able to access support and and realize that I did need to seek that support so that I could, I could get better and, and live my best kind of life. Um, And also it was, it was a role that would allow me to give back to the community, um, work on, I guess, a, a message that I truly believed in um and and give back and i think that's something you know really important when we're you know when we're talking about living that better life having having something that gives you that energy having something that you're excited to go and do day in day out for those five days a week um you know that'll that a lot of us go to work yeah it's um it's definitely something that 
um, that I think is really important. Um, and it's, it's definitely made a difference in my life doing, doing a job that I love. Excellent. And are you okay has been around for, um, what is 10 years now? Is that correct? 10 years. We're just yeah. about to celebrate our 10th are you okay day, which is, um, pretty amazing. Ooh, congratulations. Thank um, you. It's, Big anniversary. Oh, for sure. And so what difference is it making in the community now? Yeah, look, I, I think, you know, one thing that we've really seen is that more and more people are asking that question, are you okay? So mm. we, we had a survey um, that we did this year, a national survey, and it showed that 81% of us have asked the question in the last, in the last year. That's massive. Eight out of wow. 10 people, you know, reaching out to their friends and family is, is pretty amazing. That's and it's something, awesome. yeah, it's something that I'm really proud of. Um, I'm proud to be a part of and to, to spread that message. Um, and what we're, what we're also seeing is anecdotally, you're seeing that shift in the national conversation. We're seeing more and more investment in, in mental health and suicide prevention. We're seeing um, more and more people speaking up and sharing their stories and more and more people reaching out and supporting those around them. So there's been um, a big shift from just a single question on a single day to conversations that are happening every single day of the year. And that's, that's, a, that's an amazing growth, um, an amazing story to be part of. Mm. And Speaking of uh, the different conversation that's been happening, I'm, I'm aware that they've changed the, they're encouraging to use the term now, dying by suicide instead of committing suicide or, or something else like they killed themselves. And I actually, I quite like that direction of using that term dying by suicide. I think um, it puts it into a greater level of understanding and compassion and, and context. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I, th- I think you've really, um, you know, nailed it when you say it's about understanding and compassion. Um, our language is such a powerful thing and making sure that we're using the right language when we're talking about suicide and mental illness is so important. Mm-hmm. There's a big history to that phrase committed suicide. Um, you know, it, it harks to a time when, when suicide was, um, was considered a crime. Um, and, you know, unfortunately that ignored the complexity of the issue and I guess mm. the, the, the real impact that we see and we feel in the community every single day. Um, and, you know, using, using that, that language, using the correct language is important, um, you know, for ourselves, but for the people who are hearing it as well, the people who might have lived experience, um, you know, maybe they themselves um, have lost a loved one or have uh, experienced suicidal thoughts. Um, and I think... You know, making sure that that we use that as you, as you so um, well put it, understanding and compassion is is really important. Um, there's some great resources that people can access if they're not sure um, how to talk about suicide and how to talk about um, mental illness. And the Mindframe Media Guidelines are a fantastic place to start. Um, they provide advice to media organisations, um, schools, um, theatre, um, uh, anyone who might be communicating um, about these issues. And there's also a, a great um, program called Stay, Stay in Australia Stigma Watch. And what that does is that it keeps an eye um, on, um, I guess, some of those negative portrayals that might come up in the media. If someone does use that term or talks about these issues in a way that, um, you know, that 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 um, frames the issue um, in a light that isn't healthy and, and could have an impact on, on someone who, you know, who does have that lived experience. Um, and then um, they and, and Mindframe Australia try to work with those organisations to make sure that, you know, any future discussion and communication is is positive and is framed in the right way. Thank you. And we'll put those um, links uh, to those organisations in our show notes as well for anyone who's listening who wants to get in contact. They'll all be in our show notes. Um, 
So for people who haven't heard of Are You OK? Uh, and uh, be mindful that we do have listeners from countries like you know, America and England and so on. Um, briefly, tell us, for anyone who hasn't come in contact with Are You OK, what's their main aim? Yeah, so we're, we're a suicide prevention organisation. I guess mm-hmm. kind of the, the main aim is a world where we're all connected and are protected from suicide. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty, a pretty massive goal. Mm. Um, where we where we sit is in early intervention. Um, so um, there's a couple of things that can put someone at risk of suicide, and two of those are um, a lack of belonging mm-hmm. and a sense that they're a burden on others. And so the work that we do in encouraging people to invest more time in their relationships um, so that they're able to see the signs that someone might be going through a tough time and also have that trust um, so that um, – you know, if they do reach out to that person, they're more likely to feel comfortable opening up to them mm. and also giving them a framework and giving them the skills to start a conversation so that that person who they're worried about is connected to support long before they're thinking about suicide. Um, and so we work in early intervention, but we work very closely with a lot of organisations who work in crisis support. Um, in in community health care and um, in acute um, mental health care as well um, to ensure that if people are asked that question um, and they do disclose that they are struggling and, and going through a tough time, that there are places that they can go to um, for, for some extra support. Yeah, for sure. And again, we'll have all that information and your website in our show notes as well. Um, and okay, so I, I wonder if um, in terms of Asking someone, are you okay? I, I wonder if sometimes we have the knowledge, we have the sense that, okay, I should ask, but I, I don't know how they're going to receive it or, or maybe I am just overreacting to something and maybe I shouldn't ask. Um, just so that we can have a greater understanding, I suppose, what are some of the signs? What are some of the cues that we should look out for? So that we know when our friends and loved ones are showing these signs, then yeah, that is the time to ask, are you okay? Yeah, you know, what you just described there, that situation where people might um, feel reticent to ask the question isn't 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 uncommon. Um, you know, we just had a survey um, that said uh, 52% of Australians um, at least once in the last year thought about asking, are you okay? But, but for some reason um, didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, you know, some of the signs and indicators um, that someone might be going through a tough time are, you know, changes in behaviour. So perhaps there's someone who, you know, who was extraordinarily social and would always turn up to things and they've stopped turning up to those social events or footy training or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're acting um, uh, out of the norm. So perhaps you've noticed that they're more angry and frustrated um, than usual. Maybe they seem... Um, overwhelmed by by tasks that they used to find simple um, and could do quite easily in the past. Um, perhaps they they appear more tired than usual. They're turning up late. Um, the language that they're using, um, they're describing their day and what's going on has changed. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's often a lot of subtle indicators, but things that just say to us, you know what, something's off, something's up, I'm a bit worried. Um, and so what we try to encourage people to do is if you get that gut feeling, if something says to you, mm, you know what, I think I think something's off, we want you to trust that gut instinct and um, reach out to that person. Um, because even if 
they're fine, even if they are okay, mm-hmm. um, asking that question, showing that you care about them, that's a really positive thing. Yes. Um, and it's a really important step in normalizing conversations about um, our well-being and, and you know, where, where we ourselves are sitting, um, you know, on, on, that, on that well-being scale. Mm. Oh, it's far better being overcautious. And, and asking the question when it's not necessary uh, instead of, and again, as you said, at least they know that you care and that you're paying attention. Um, far better doing that than, than not trusting your gut instinct. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, it's, it's all in the delivery. If we yeah. ask that question in a genuine way, um, if, we, if we send that message that we care and that we want to understand, mm. that's, that's amazing. Like even if, it's, even if it's just us talking about my day, um, if someone genuinely sits down and gives me time to, to chat through things that have gone on, that's, that's fantastic. Mm. I really enjoy it. <laughs> nice. And so what are those four steps? Uh, so they ask, are you okay? And that's all about opening the conversation. So picking the right time and place, somewhere quiet and comfortable um, where you won't be disturbed mm-hmm. and making sure you have enough time mm-hmm. um, to, um, to open the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then commenting on some of the changes that you've noticed. Hey, um, I've noticed that you've, you seem a little bit more tired lately. How's everything going? Um, are you okay? Um, the second step is to listen. That's about giving them the space to share their story um, by prompting them um, with open-ended questions. So it could be, do you want to tell me a little bit more about that? When that yeah. happens, how does it make you feel? Mm. Um, open-ended questions are so important, aren't they? We don't want to lead them to make them think they need to answer one way, but to be open and let them answer the way that they need to is really important, hey? A hundred percent. And I think, you know, something else that we need to be comfortable with is silence in those conversations. It yes. can take a, yeah, it can take a little bit of time for someone to um, formulate the words and articulate what's going on for them. And if you sit with the silence, it's a great prompt for them to keep going um, and to keep uh, sharing their story. Um, and another thing to do is to try and reflect back what you've heard to show them that you are really trying to listen to them, that you've understood what they're saying, um, and that you do care. And so that's saying, so what you're telling me is that, you know, things are really tough for you at school, at work, at play at the moment. Um, and then the third step is, um, encourage action. That's about thinking about, you know, what are some of the steps that they can take to better manage the situation? Mm -hmm. Um, and that can be um, looking at professional support, but it can also be, um, you know, changes to um, the way that they're eating, their sleep patterns, um, making sure that they have a little bit of a break, a little bit of time out for themselves. Um, a really good first step if they've been feeling this way for, you know, for a couple of weeks um, is to encourage them to, to see their GP um, mm. and, you know, to show them that you want to walk this journey with them. Um, it can really help to say that you're, take that step um, with them that you'll, you know, let's make that booking together. Um, why don't I pick you up and, you know, we can go um, to the appointment or I'll, I'll go grab a coffee and then we can catch up afterwards. Um, they're really good, um, simple ways um, to help that person take those next steps um, on their on their help-seeking journey. Um, and the fourth step is to check in. That's really about, um, you know, we don't want this conversation to be a one-off. Mm-hmm. We want people... Yeah, really, it's really important to circle back to someone after you've had that kind of a chat um, to to make the time to catch up. 
And it doesn't mean talking about all the heavy stuff immediately. Um, it, it means mm. investing a little bit more time with them. Of course, and then yeah. slowly broaching that topic again of, hey, how did you go with those things we talked about? Mm-hmm. Did you find it helpful? Is there something else we can do together? Nice one. And that really highlights the need again for connection. Uh, so you have someone they can connect with when they go to the GP and the coffee afterwards and then reconnecting after that's happened as well, as you said, to see how they're going to check in again. And, okay, so let's, let's say that you ask someone, are you okay? You do it in a really genuine, authentic way. You do it for someone that you really care about and they shut you down. What can, mm. you, do, what can you do with that? Because you don't want to force the issue too much, do you? What can you do with that? No, and it's not an uncommon um you know, it's not an uncommon thing that people won't feel comfortable um, opening up immediately. It might be the sixth or seventh time that you ask that they finally go, you know what, actually, here's my story. Um, a couple of things that can that can help in that situation is to perhaps um, think about who else is in their support network. Maybe there's someone that they're, that they're really close to um, who they might feel more comfortable, um, you know, having that chat with. Um, maybe it's um, emphasising that, um, you know, what those changes are that you noticed Mm -hmm. saying, look, you know, I know you don't want to talk about it. I know you say you're okay, but I did notice these things and I am really worried if you ever need to chat, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's making a little bit of an extra effort to stay connected to that person. So to spend a little bit more time with them, um, and to see if there's a better opportunity further down the track to broach that conversation. Um, and to perhaps think of some creative ways to, um, talk about the positive um, benefits of help seeking and opening up to others. And that could be sharing your own personal story um, or it could be um, highlighting other ones that you've heard of um, in your friendship circle or in your in your community as well. Absolutely. To create that space of vulnerability already so they feel more okay to enter into it as well. Definitely. Mm. And, you know, sometimes people will feel more comfortable opening up to a stranger the first time. So giving them the information on, um, you know, what supports are available in the community if they do want to chat. Um, sometimes people will take that step. They may not tell you, but they've actually gone and done that action um, and started and started that help-seeking journey. Oh, I found that myself. It's so much easier. Right? It's so much easier just to open up completely to someone you've only just met. <laughs> Um, we are in a situation like that, then, then it can be sometimes to open up to a family member or a close friend. Um, Definitely. It's actually something that we saw in action on the road a lot. So there were a lot of people who opened up for the first time about some of the struggles that they were going through to the Are You Okay Conversation Convoy crew. Mm-hmm. I think part of that was, you know, Are You Okay represents a non-judgmental listening ear. And so they knew that they would get that caring reception um, if they shared it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so they felt... Um, a little bit more comfortable opening up to us. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we encourage them to, you know, to then continue to share that with, you know, with the people in their world, the people that they were closest to. Mm -hmm. But um, we definitely saw that, I guess, that that the kindness of of a stranger in action on the the road too. Mm. That's very powerful. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Would there be an age group or demographic of people that, research has found to be more susceptible to um, or, or more uh, be more common for them to have suicidal thoughts and tendencies is there one age group or demographic that's more at risk look it, it is something that affects um you know every age group and every age bracket um i guess you know something that we do know is that um 75 of deaths by suicide are male 
mm-hmm. um, and that there is um, certainly uh, hi- slightly higher incident rates um, for um, men who are over the age of, of 45. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we, we do encourage um, men in particular to um, invest a little bit more time in their friendships. Um, so one thing that, you know, we found um, through through our research but also, you know, by looking at what other organisations like Beyond Blue have done is that um, uh, a lot of men will, will not cite um, a huge number of people that they could turn to if they were going through a tough time. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they get married, um, you know, when they when they kind of settle down, they might not spend as much time um, on their friendships as they used to. Um, and that can mean that you're, you know, that, that stronger support network, those people that you you know will be there through thick and thin might um, might begin to, to reduce. So we really do um, encourage um, men, you know, of that age bracket in particular to, um, you know, to take those steps and, and build that support network around themselves and, and also their friends as well. Sure, thank you. Thank you. And so, you know, sometimes there's those conversations about, oh, they they only had an overdose because they want attention or they're only self-harming because they're, they're attention-seeking. What can we what can we do in that situation? Because, again, we really don't know what's going on for that person. How can we show care and compassion and understanding in those times when those conversations are happening? Yeah, it's thinking about the person behind the behaviour. For a lot of people with those um, activities, they, they might be an outlet for tougher thoughts and feelings that they're really struggling to process. Mm-hmm. So they may not be able to articulate it in a different way. Um, you know, I had my own journey with, with self-harm when I was younger um, and it was, it was an avenue um, for expression for things that I, I couldn't say out loud. I didn't know how to say them out loud and I didn't mm. know what to do. Um, so I think it's, it's really trying to check our own response mm-hmm. um, as much as we can. So um, really try to emphasize that, um, that concern that you have for them, that this behavior is worrying, that, um, you know, you want them to seek support um, and to, to reach out for, for the right help that they might need at that time um, and to keep an eye on that person. Um, it could be sending them a direct message on Facebook if it's a worrying status that you've noticed. Mm. It could be, um, you know, picking up the phone and giving them a call. But it's it's those little phrases, those little words that will often sit with someone um, after they've, um, you know, after they've posted this thing or they've, or they've, um, you know, undertaken some of that risky behaviour. So making sure that what they what they read is supportive um, and is focused on them you know, accessing support and, and getting help is is really important. So I guess I encourage people to just think about what they're saying and think about what they're writing and to put the person, um, you know, at the centre of it all, not the behaviour. Absolutely. And, yeah, as you're saying, to move forward with without judgment um, because we really don't know the situation, to move forward with understanding and compassion for that person. And um, what you just said too about noticing someone's social media posts, um, mm. before when we were talking about being close to people to notice if they're acting differently, uh, it didn't occur to me at the time, but it makes so much sense because I mean, I've noticed that myself with, with people and friends and families, sometimes their posts on social media aren't in line with their normal self. Like they're again, a bit more negative. Um, they seem a bit down in what they're saying. It's, it's a bit unusual for them. So 
That's that's so true, in, particularly in today's day and age where so much communication happens through social media, to be highly aware of is someone acting out of the normal in their mm. posting at the moment. That's really important. Thank you. Definitely, looking out for that language. And I guess, you know, seeing everything, um, you know, like that where someone starts to share what's going on as as a moment where they're being vulnerable and to treat it the same as you would if they started opening up to you in person. Mm. Um, just because it's online doesn't mean that it isn't real for that person. Mm. I mean, it doesn't mean that, that, you know, it isn't something tough that they're going through as well. So I mm. think, you know, that care and compassion is so important. Nice one. And I like that idea you mentioned before about sending, the, sending them the direct message and saying, hey, I'm here for you, let's catch up. I think that's so important. Yeah, that can be a really good one, you know, particularly if your relationship with that person isn't that strong. Um, mm. So, you know, I know, I know in the past there's been people who are acquaintances um, that I've had on, on Facebook, for example, mm-hmm. who I've reached out to and said, look, you know, I, I know we're not um, the closest um, of friends, but if you ever need that judgmental listening here, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, it's sending them a little bit of information on, on some of the supports that are available in the community mm-hmm. um, too, which you, which you said before you'll, um, you'll include a couple of the ones we've chatted about in the, in the show notes. Yep. Thanks. So what are some of the uh, contributing factors these days towards mental health? So obviously, um, you know, it's, it, it can be quite complex and it depends on um, the issues that we're talking about. Mm. Um, but there can be, um, I guess, a number of factors that, that can um, can make it a bit overwhelming for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, if you think about um, the life changes that might um, – I guess, make it a bit more difficult for someone to, um, to manage their wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really important. Um, I think with, um, with mental health, it's, we've got to be really careful not to, um, diagnose people, um, ourselves, but mm-hmm. to, I, I guess, kind of encourage them to, connect with um, the appropriate professionals who might be able to provide that that strict um, diagnosis and instead for us to talk about the more changes that we've noticed the things that that have us worried mm-hmm. um, you know um, for me um, when talking about anxiety the things that um, you might see in my everyday life when I'm when I'm when I'm going through a high period of anxiety are um, you know, um, my sleeping patterns will change quite dramatically. I won't get as much sleep. I'll have, um, you know, kind of a slightly manic energy around myself. Um, and some of my language might change as well. Um, I'll feel, I'll sound a lot more stressed and a little bit more overwhelmed. Um, you know, when it comes to, to something like, um, you know, depression, um, you might notice changes in their sleeping patterns. Maybe they're, um, more tired than usual, maybe they're more withdrawn socially um, and really focusing um, attention on, on those things. Um, for information on, on mental health, if you want to educate yourself on, um, on I, I guess, the different um, mental, mental illnesses that people might experience, mm-hmm. um, there's some really great community resources there. So I really like the fact sheets that St Australia publish. Mm-hmm. Um, so St Australia do some really amazing work with um, with complex mental illnesses. So, um, you know, these are major depressive disorder, um, schizophrenia, um, uh, and really do a great job at educating the public on, you know, what these illnesses are, 
um, what are some of the treatment options available and also information for family and friends who might be um, supporting someone who's who's facing those issues. Um, they're, they're absolutely fantastic. Um, and then if you're, you know, if you're a young person or you're working with young people as well, um, Kids Helpline in your town have some great um, resources um, to help you um, identify um, issues um, for children and and um, and also um, uh, some of the, the steps that you can you can take with that. Um, a great resource for young people as well as is, is Headspace. Absolutely yeah. love um, the Headspace model. Um, they involve young people in the development of all their centres, um, and their their resources are, are really well structured um, to um, you know to engage young people in their own help seeking process. So mm. um, strongly encourage people to to check them out. But um, I guess the, the the number one thing is to you know take some time to educate yourself and um, and learn about the the different the different illnesses and perhaps to also think about you know how how you talk about them um, you know in your everyday life as well. Um, so to keep things um, uh, safe and and positive um, and not to I guess you know like we were talking about before with um, with the language around suicide is to um, put that care and compassion first when you're talking about mental health as well. Yeah, and ensuring that they know they're in a safe and caring space is really important, as you said. So thank you for that. Is there any other advice um, that you'd like to, to give for someone who is concerned, either concerned about a family member or a friend or someone else in their life, or they're concerned about themselves? Is there any other advice you'd like to give? Yeah, so I guess, you know, for um, friends and family members, um, if you're not sure what to do, um, try and educate yourself. That's a really good um, step to take. That could be going to the Are You OK website. It could be doing a Google search. It could be talking to a health professional and getting some advice on, you know, how best to um, broach the topic with your with your loved one um, and where, where they can go for support if they do need it. If you are struggling yourself, um, you know, I'd really, I'd really encourage you to reach out for support. Um, maybe it's having a chat with your best mate. Maybe it's having a chat with someone that you work with or, or someone that you trust um, and to start your help-seeking journey. If you're not sure where to begin, um, going to your local doctor is a really, really great place to start. Um, being open and honest with them about why you booked this appointment um, is really important. So saying, look, you know, I'm struggling emotionally. Um, I've been dealing with these tough emotions or I've been having these feelings or these thoughts. Um, and being quite explicit is really important because that means that then they're able to um, direct the conversation in a way that um, ensures that you get the information that you need um, and um, hear about the supports that are available for whatever it is that you might be going through. So please, if you are struggling, I do strongly encourage you to, to reach out for support um, and know that it is available. If you need an immediate listening ear, um, Lifeline is a fantastic service. It's um, free, confidential, available 24-7, um, and you can call them on 131114 or um, connect with them online as well. Thank you. And again, that will be in the show notes as well because I don't want anyone to miss out on that. Um, again, if you are struggling, please do make sure you connect with Lifeline um, and and people who are in your support network and can help as well. So, um, yeah, Anastasia, thanks again for highlighting that. Thank you. Uh, are, there, are there any other questions I haven't asked that you think would be um, 
Or any, any information that you haven't given yet that you think would be really important for our listeners? Um, I guess, you know, um, something that we'd love to emphasise is, you know, outside of the conversation, it's um, investing time in your relationships and staying connected to the people around you. That's really important. Mm. Um, and that's not necessarily about doing, you know, having the, having the heavy conversation. It's about making the times for that coffee chat that you've been putting off for three weeks. It's when you say, hey, we should definitely catch up, locking in a time and, and doing it because it's so easy to to lose touch with people. It's really easy to um, get consumed by certain day-to-day tasks and that can be, you know, a negative thing for ourselves and also for the people around us. So I guess just emphasising the importance of, of staying connected to the people in our world. Well, absolutely, and 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 also during the good times, like um, yeah. I, I know this friend of mine will be listening. Um, his name's Azza. He he has a routine of of calling me on uh, on his way home from playing a sport, and um, just that 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 regular connection actually means a lot. You know, like we we talk in good times and 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 you know any time type of thing, and. I, that, that regular connection is really important. Our group of friends, we connect um, every month or so. We, we always make sure that we catch up uh, as, as a big, big group of families. And just having that regular social support network who you connect with regularly um, is, is really important because then you already have that trust. You have that sense of connectedness, that sense of understanding. So those conversations are a lot easier to have when you need to. Um, so you put it so well, um, as well. It's about that connectedness and understanding. And if, if you can't do it face to face, like for me, um, my girl, uh, my girl group. So, um, my closest girlfriends, we kind of live all over the place. People in London, there's people in, you know, Tasmania, kind of, um, quite separated by distance. And a lot of them have, you know, families now. Um, and we have this great WhatsApp group where we're constantly talking each other up and celebrating each other's wins in life. Um, and also there when, you know, when someone does disclose that things are a bit tough or, mm. you know, maybe they've gone through a breakup or something's been a bit rough that week for them. Um, and it's a, it's a great way for us to immediately tap into support if we need it. Um, and to, to tap into, I guess, some of those, high fives that you might need from time to time when you've done mm-hmm. something good too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this is the time where I would normally ask how they can get in contact with you, but I think we've covered that quite extensively in terms of the Are You OK website. They'll be in the show notes. Um, and you're on Instagram as well, Are You OK on Instagram. So we'll have all that in the show notes as well. So um, bef- so as, as you know, there's two questions I like to ask at the end of each interview. Uh, the first one is, in terms of do life better, um, I like asking each guest you know, what do life better means for them because of their own background and experience and wisdom. So the, how would you define doing life better? Yeah, look, I, I guess one thing that I constantly have to work at, um, and it's a perfect segue from the chat we just had about you know, staying connected, is to make that time a priority each and every week. So for me, it's locking a few things into my diary and mm-hmm. I'm not the world's most structured person. Um, so, but when I put that calendar reminder in um, and it pops up, it means that I make calling my best friend or, you know, going for that coffee or getting that dinner um, a priority that week. And when I'm surrounded by those people, you know, those those positive people and that support network, I find that um, is a really 
important thing for keeping me grounded and for yeah. making sure that, you know, I I know that I've got people I can tap into um, whatever life might throw at me. Um, and that's, you know, the tough stuff and the good stuff too. Um, so I think it's thinking about the different ways that we can connect with the people in our life, not to put it off um, and to, to really make it a priority. Mm. It's a great reminder. Thank you. I might have to give my mates a phone call this week too. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, and what would be your challenge for our listeners for this week? One thing that they can focus on to help them and those around them do their life even better. Let's chat. Um, I think this week I'd, I'd urge people to say that to someone. Let's chat. Lock in a catch up. Have that conversation. Um, and really hopefully dig into some of the deeper stuff as well. How are you really doing? What's going on? It's something that's really positive for you um, and really positive for them as well. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Anastasia, thank you very much for your time today. I know you are incredibly busy with um, the RUAK Day coming up tomorrow, the 10th anniversary. Uh, so thank you for the time and thank you also for the work that you and RUAK are doing in the community in terms of um, making that conversation okay in terms of giving people the language, uh, the understanding, the processes to be able to ask those questions and show understanding and compassion for people in their lives. Um, and you know, to be able to ask what could be the most important question of someone's life really um, in that time of need. So Anastasia, thank you very much for the work that you and the RUAK team are doing. Thank you. Thank you for chatting with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. So there we go. And I hope you found a lot of value in this chat with Anastasia today. And please do remember her challenge, which is let's have that chat. Lock in the time with someone to have that conversation to see how they're going. And as we mentioned earlier, if you have been affected in any way by the nature of this podcast, please call Lifeline's National 24-7 Counselling Service on 13 11 14. That's 13 11 14. And for our listeners outside of Australia, please contact your local crisis centre or your family doctor. And please remember, guys, never underestimate the difference you can make in someone else's life through that deep, meaningful sense of connection by letting someone else know that you are really here for them, that you do care, that you are on their side. So make sure you do have that chat with someone else this week. You never know the difference that one conversation can make in their life. Please do make sure you share this out there. Tag the RUAK team in at RUAK Day on Instagram. Share it out on Facebook. Tag me in too at Dave Jorner and at Do Life Better Podcast. I love knowing who's listening so I can connect with you and thank you and all of that as well. So please tag us all in there. Remember to hit subscribe. That way you don't miss out on any other upcoming episode. And thank you very much for listening today. Can't wait till next time. Thanks again for listening to the Do Life Better podcast. And have you subscribed yet? By subscribing to this podcast, that enables you to get notifications every single time a new episode is released. In your podcast app, you can find all the show notes for every episode. And if you'd like to get in contact, you can do so via email at hello at projecthatch.com.au. That's hello at projecthatch.com.au. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, share it with someone you think will benefit from these messages. And now it's time to get out there and do life better.